So y'all want to be a podcaster? Join. No, let me start. I liked that. Um, the file drawer. Do, do, right. do, do, do. It's a file drawer. Is that, are we done? Is that our intro? No, 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 no. Oh, well, I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> now you're overthinking it. I know. It's all in my head. <laughs> File drawer, file drawer, file drawer, Podcast is the podcast is do-da, do-da. Podcast is the file drawer is do-da, do-da. Hey, wow. Sam. Welcome back, everybody. This is the file drawer with Sam and Eric. Yes, I'm Sam. He's Eric. And this is the file drawer. Yep. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Oh, yeah. Good, good. Me too. I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah. I'm in uh, old Claremont right now. And Awesome. Now uh, at a buddy's house and he too does not have ac at least i don't mm. think so mm-hmm. he just didn't tell you about it because he he likes to see you suffer well there's there's ac there's like a dial on the walls hmm. like, sounds nope. suspiciously like climate control of some it, nature right but it's not like the the normal one that has like you know off on sort of okay. auto fan off is like it a, is it a nest no no it's just a right. dial it's like it's like mm. old this is like an old building okay so um and it just has like low, and you can turn this dial to high, I guess. And I think it may just be a remnant of maybe AC unit that was here. Mm, it's because fake I'm looking, out. It's faking I'm looking you for out. vents, yeah. and I don't see any vents like along the walls. Mm. So I don't understand. Mm. Yeah. So I'm a little confused. Well, I'm a little warm. Well, well, just welcome, welcome to my world. You, you and I together. If this was a video podcast, everybody would see just how gross and sweaty we are. <laughs> you might be able to hear from time to time a sound, and what that sound is is a clump of paper towel that I'm using to wipe off my chest. Let's see if it's audible. Okay, um, I'm so doing it. Do it. Yeah, it's audible. Good, good. I'm it's glad, glad what people could hear that? that. Hold on a second. Did you hear that noise in the background? Uh, I heard somebody yelling. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. People just yell here. There's no murders and death happening or anything like that. Uh, I mean, not in this direct area. Probably not too far away, though. I do live in in Manhattan, and I and I do um, realize that my use of uh, me saying murders and death made no sense. I do realize that <laughs> <laughs> murders <laughs> and death. You got some murders and death going on, don't you? There, Sam. You know what? That reminds me of one of my favorite bands. They're called Murder by Death. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of them. Yeah. Is it like an old school band? Uh, no, they're not old. They're they're kind of hard to explain, actually. It's not like, I don't know. Put a link in the show notes, which can be found at thefiledrawer.audio backslash episodes backslash whatever number episode this is. You might be on 42. 42. That's a that lot, pretty man. good. That is down. a lot. That's almost, that's 10 fewer than an entire year. Yeah. I, I've, I've been kind of jokingly making a point to be like, yep, you heard it first, folks. This is CGU's first podcast. That's true. I think we might be. Our ratings are going down, though. We've got a lot of competition out there. That's true. We do. We some competition. My, my lady, my lady and her friend, they have a podcast, and it's good. Yeah. It's very good. And remember the other time, the other day, when I couldn't remember what it was called? Do you hear that <laughs> in the background? I don't I do. know what is going on out there. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, this is elite-level podcasting right here. I know. On our, on our, um, They're called Two Track Mind, by the way, is what I was trying to get at. Okay. 
Did you listen to our, our recent episode? Do you like listen back to it at all? Or do you uh, kind of- sometimes I listen to it all the way through. Sometimes I just kind of spot listen. And spot, I yeah. don't think I listened to our entire episode. Well, I, you started it with a crazy audio effect. I did hear that. Yeah, I'm playing it around with yeah. audio stuff. Hey, it's not really an effect per se. It's just kind of changing oh. up the uh, something. There's some value that you just change. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but I was going to say is kind of playing around with using like different uh, uh, post, I guess, uh, uh, sort of digital editing tools like uh, compression and noise gates and stuff like that. So with yours, there was sort of that more of an echo. And um, I used a, a tool that's within the Persona Studio software called Fatgate, which basically is a combination of what's called compression, uh, noise gate, and something else. I don't know what it is. But um, things that are used, I, I guess, digitally uh, take out some of those sort of background noises and stuff like that. Good. So Can you to, take I want, out car honks? I, I think with the noise gate, with, oh with the, the objective just, of that I'm, is I'm to I'm just going to mute myself certain, when I'm not talking, by the way. Uh, I would, you know, I wouldn't even worry about it. But uh, <laughs> no, this is getting ridiculous. Like, look, listen to this. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, I know, I know. It's just. But yeah. uh, anyway, yeah, so that, that gets that gets me to the point of talking about um, just audio equipment in general. Yep. So I told you I bought audio a new mic. audio equipment corner. Yeah, with Eric. <laughs> I bought a new mic. Um, you know, we're on a sort of recording budget here. You know, we're not spending like hundreds of hundreds of dollars on mics like some of these other. Overly, some of these other overly uh, produced podcasts are doing. Yeah, that's not our scene. That's not our scene. But um, we're bootstrapping so I this. this. I know. So I bought this uh, dynamic mic in uh, hopes that maybe it'll cut out some of the background noise a bit. And um, I think I've maybe vaguely tried to describe dynamic mics. Well, I'll recommend to the listeners if they're interested in recording, just to Google it. And uh, there's a lot of different websites. Um, and. Uh, so I'm testing out this new mic now. It's the ATR, I think 2005. I think that's what it is. Mm. Good vintage that that year. Actually, no, it's the ATR 2100. Mm. USB mic. 2100. I thought I could tell. And it's a combination USB and XLR mic. Again. How, it, how is it? A com- I don't understand how that can be a combination. Aren't those both just different ways to plug in a mic? Do you have to do both? Uh, we, uh, yeah. No, no. It's uh, it has an adapter. Well, no, it has. Its interface basically has a plug for USB. Okay. And a plug for LXR. So you can choose XLR. which one you want. So you just plug in the one that you have the uh, okay. to do so. So I don't have my audio interface. That, that so you're rocking the USB. So I'm rocking USB. Cool. And, um, I like listen. I like the web, one website that I really like is Recording Hacks, and you can find different uh, reviews about mics on there. But also, you put me, you hit me to the game of uh, someone, uh, uh, someone's website. Uh, Marco, what's yeah. his last name? Arment. Marco Arment, who, who's one of the hosts of the pod, one of the podcasts that we listen to, yep. um, Accidental Tech Podcast. Yep, and uh, he has a review of uh, podcasting mics. Yep, that he recently published, and so we both took a look at that. And the mic that you use is on the list of mm-hmm. ones that he reviewed. Mm-hmm. None of the mics I I use are on his review, but and the uh, review is is really well done um, in that he has little audio samples from each type of mic. And so you can really hear what the differences are between these different types of mics. Yeah. And so Recording Hacks also does something similar. So also check that out too. Cool. Um, but yeah, you, you were said you were impressed by the Blue Yeti. I couldn't. I, yeah. So the blue the Blue Yeti it's like a hundred dollar USB mic, um, and a lot of it's it's a very popular kind of entry level mic. And he had pretty good things to say about it. Uh, as long as you 
have it on a boom and then you can really uh, get it in the position where it sounds best. He said, and you can tell in the recordings that if you use the desk stand that it comes with, it doesn't sound quite as good. Uh, so I think is does does he think that's because like the desk stand maybe muddles? I mean, uh, some, I think it's like more a, just a matter of you can distance get it to your mouth. Yeah, I mean, I think you can just get it into a better position and okay. not have to fiddle with it if you have it on a boom. So because it's it's because it's not a super high quality mic, it is uh and maybe it's unrelated to quality but for the way the type of mic it is it's picks up a lot of other stuff going on around so it needs and the other thing you said is it needs to be you need to be in a very quiet room for the yeti to really work which is not ideal for where i am right now both because it's loud outside my window and also because i have a pretty echoey room because it's mostly wood floor and there's nothing in here because i'm poor yeah and so the yeti is a condenser mic which Mm. Um, as his website kind of describes, it picks up just a lot of detail, um, and people tend to like the sounds of Yeti mic. I mean, sorry, condenser mics. But like you said, it also picks up a lot of that background noise versus yelling, like dynamic yelling in the cars and yeah, the paper towel on the chest. <laughs> exactly. While dynamic mics are supposed to kind of just really pick up that what's sort of directly in front of them, right? Directly in front of it. Yeah. yeah. And so these types of mics are often used for like live, you know, yeah, productions and stuff like that. So. Yeah, um, but he, he reviews a bunch. And, and actually, he, he does review a mic similar to one I use, the Audio-Technica 2020. Um, that's similar similar to uh, my condenser mic, um, except this one is just USB only, I guess. Um, well, so the thing here, I guess, is that is potentially interesting to people is that if you've ever thought of doing a podcast, it doesn't take a lot of money or equipment to make it sound uh, at least good enough for other people to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, so if, you're, if you've been curious at all, check out one of these reviews, pick up the, one of these relatively affordable mics, and you can get into it right away. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Thank you, thank you for like wrapping that up. I'm like, what, where am I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> I just see what I, in, in, in the, the the metaphor here is. You were just like a a child who had started kind of wandering away, and I just walked over and I grabbed her hand. and I said, "This way, Eric. We're going this way." And you're like, "Oh yes, that's that's where we were going." Uh, I don't like the child metaphor. <laughs> Fine, you're not a. Ch- you were. <laughs> Never mind. I was about to make it even worse. You were just a a, a wandering dude, and I and I. I was a sheepdog and you were a sheep <laughs> or something like that. Um, so although we have not recorded in about a week, I did talk to you kind of, or at least I saw you yesterday. Yeah. And why was that? What were we doing? We had a, uh, I guess, a lab meeting. We did have a lab meeting. It's research the f- lab meeting. first school thing that I had done in a long time. Yeah. So it was, it, it, it was good. I mean, it brought back memories of sitting in class. It was like a, very much like the first day of, of class. Uh, so I've done lots of those in my life. But it was nice to just be in a context where we were, where I was uh, expected to be thinking about and contributing to school-related stuff. Did it feel like you were part of the gang? Like, what, what, what did kind the of. video look like? Because I left the video on. Oh, the video was great. I spent the whole class looking at your face. Yeah, it was terrible. best. I mean, that's what I would have been doing anyway if I was just in the class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't that different. <laughs> I really felt like I was there. Yeah. <laughs> but you had the mic really close to Becky, I think, so I could hear everything really well uh, as long as she was was talking. Uh, yeah, I was trying to uh, ask you how everybody else sounded because I, I mean I could pick up everybody like, else too for the most part, had, but Becky was really clear. We had the um, that omnidirectional uh, sort of um, conference room mic that we mm-hmm. had used for. 
some assessments and stuff in the past. I don't know. If you yeah, know if it worked. Them, it worked well. Okay. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What was the? Uh, how, how did you feel being there? You were actually there in person. You just happened to be in town. Uh, it was good. Uh, you know, the the first bits of it uh, were handling you know business, but I yeah. like the discussion about the articles that we talked about. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, it brings. So one of the things we talked a lot about was this gap between academics and practitioners, and how that's a really kind of foundational problem for for our field, and. I'm really getting more of a, of a sense of that now that I'm very much in kind of ensconced in the practitioner realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody knows or cares for the most part about any of the academic stuff, at least nobody that I've been speaking to. Yeah. So it's, it's been it, interesting to see. It's so interesting too, because I mean, a lot of people are quick to move on sort of anecdotal, anecdotal evidence of some leader doing something. Um, and they want to be kind of just told, you know, yeah. that this will work. And I think, and so in these instances, you know, you do probably have some success from certain ideas, but also have failures. And what, you know, I think, it, oh, go ahead. And I guess my point is, it's almost like, I don't know, people are just more willing to believe the, the, uh, the opinion of a snake oil salesman. That's what it mm-hmm. feels like sometimes because... That's what's out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, or sure. They're, they're being told what... Uh, oftentimes, and I'm not talking about all the, all cases. I'm just talking about in general. It seems like people just want to be told what they want to hear. And it confirms. It's, it's that confirmation bias or whatever. Um, when it works, that's a confirmation of, oh, see, you know, listen to sure. blah, blah, blah. And it, and it worked good. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, I mean, there's a couple of things at play here. And one is that the business world fundamentally operates on a different time scale than the academic world and on a very incompatible time frame so that what we consider quick in academia is so slow to the point of uselessness for anybody in the business world. Um, And I have, in my experience as well, so much of it is based and it's not even really based on, you know, I'm just going to follow this, popular, you know, snake oil salesmen, as we would call them, but I'm just going to use my own experience and go with that. So it's not even really that they're looking to the wrong people for uh, advice or, or, you know, figuring out what to do. It's just of like, I'm just going to do a thing. And based on how that goes, I will either continue doing that thing or I'm going to do a different thing. And I don't, there's just, I don't think there's the level of, maybe I'm just not talking to the right people. I don't know if we're, if most people are approaching these business e problems that we like to study with the same with with the type of deliberate action or deliberate with the deliberation that we think people do things move yeah. too quickly for, for yeah, that yeah. to be the, the the truth i agree and, and and particularly what was coming to my mind because we do like leadership stuff is oftentimes people not not i'm not putting an amount like everybody does this or anything i'm not saying that but i'm saying is it is not unheard of for like people in leadership roles to just pick the leadership style or flavor, the, the new leadership trend of the month. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's what I mean. Oh, this, this right. new book came out, yeah, Oh, yeah. you know, and that, that's what I mean in terms sure. of snake oil. So, and I, when I, I, yeah. And so when I use the term snake oil, I don't think people out there purposely trying to deceive. I, obviously I think people are basing things off their experience and things like that and trying to share what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that that world, operates quickly however we know that you know 
changes that we make today in an organization can have outstanding uh, effects that may show up a year from now, two years from now, sure. three years, you know what I'm saying? And it is still important to move fast and agile while still keeping the, the long distant uh, goal or future goal in mind, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than just saying, oh, how can I, how can I make the needle rise in the, in the third quarter? Right. You know? Right. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times the incentive structure that leaders are operating under incentivizes that short-term uh, financial gain uh, over the long-term health of an organization. You know, yeah. if, you, if you're the CEO of a company, your job kind of hinges on, and not, this is not the case across the board. I mean, we've, I think we've talked about how Apple got some flack from some shareholders about doing some environmental stuff uh, because it, you know, they, they viewed it as taking away from potentially being more profitable uh, and Tim Cook basically said, you know, this is for the long-term health of the organization. If you are investing only in the short term, then get out of the stock. So there are leaders who can take this, but I think there are lots of organizations where the expectation on the CEO or the leadership level is you do things that make the company money in the short term. And and doing things that make it, may lose us money in the short term but make us healthier in the long term is a harder sell in many cases, which is messed messed up, but... Yeah. kind of how a lot of things operate. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it just, it just got me thinking a lot and actually about our previous conversation about how uh, how I think on a very fundamental level, a much of our uh, kind of scientific system uh, is broken and if we had mm-hmm. if we would if we were to recreate it from scratch, we would recreate something very different. I think this hinges on that as well because I'm I'm more and more of the opinion that if we want our research to make an impact on the world and with real leaders, we need legitimate partnerships between academics and business leaders and just writing articles and publishing articles and even you know giving talks at academic conferences. That is never going to be enough to get on yeah. the radar of most leaders. But if you had, I'm thinking if, you know, if for example, if Becky had a couple, a handful of close kind of consulting relationships, but just close relationships with leaders in the field where she was regularly talking to them, regularly kind of being a, a trusted uh, confidant in the, the types of things that they are facing. That's where you start to actually filter through uh, the, the research into the real world. And I, and I wish we had a system such that as a professor, you were just kind of expected to uh, be out there with part of your time and and having legitimate relationships with people in the practitioner realm. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I almost did it was super... What do you like to dip fries in, Eric? Well, you know what? That, that's actually... You asked that question. Mm-hmm. But I do ask that question. It, there's... Um, and it's probably expecting a very simple answer. No, but no. If I expected a simple answer, I wouldn't ask you. Okay. So, typically, <laughs> I'll dip. I'm a very simple person. I'll dip for fry and just ketchup. Sure. Cats up for those who pronounce it that way. For those who are wrong. Uh, uh, you say tomato, yeah. tomato, tomato, catsup, ketchup. Have you ever met anybody that says tomato? Yes. Were they native English speakers? Um, this guy I used to know named Jones Witherbird. 
He was from Vermont. He said tomato. Actually, he pronounced uh, tomato as a plural of tomatoes, even if he was only talking about one tomato. Is he British? I don't know. He's just he's from Vermont. He's sounding British. No, he's just from here. He's the crazy tomatoes. Brits, they say tomatoes. things like maths. I study maths. It's always plural. It's weird. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's a real thing. It drives me nuts. Anyway, so. Anyway, carry on. You dip, you dip it in ketchup. Dress. However, uh, and I've, started, I've, I've done something weird since high school. I used to, oh, in high school, um, me and a buddy, or Scott on a football team, a couple of us used to go out for lunch to Chick-fil-A. And uh, when we got their waffle fries, I would always, I think I got it from him. I would always mix up the, a little bit of mayonnaise and a little bit of ketchup. Oh, a little special sauce. Mix it up. Mix, yeah. mix it on up. Yeah, it's good. And dip the waffle fries in that. Yeah. So for some reason, I still kind of do that when I go to Chick-fil-A. But Only I don't at really Chick-fil-A? Do, yeah, but I don't really ever do it. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't really ever do it when I you go do. Elsewhere. Are you aware that you can buy mayonnaise your, of your very own and keep it in your refrigerator? And you can have mayonnaise with things whenever you want. Well, here's the issue. Here's the issue, okay? okay? I am typically a miracle whip person. Oh. Okay. Really? Sa- sandwich ain't a sandwich. Do you remember sandwich, those commercials they had a couple years ago where they sandwich. tried to make Miracle Whip as like extreme food? It's not? They tried well, to, hold on, hold on, tried to make it like this very hip, extreme thing that like really cool kids do. they like all about that Miracle Whip life. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it worked that right. you, evidently. Yeah, you probably were walking around in your Buster Brown shoes <laughs> and your Husky jeans <laughs> eating mayonnaise. <laughs> mayonnaise slathered all, all across your sandwiches. Uh, well, I use that sort of Nice tangy. Here's I had, I had my I had my filas uh, with let's say some guests. I didn't have guest jeans. Whatever. No, you go. had some L.A. lights. <laughs> L.A. lights <laughs> with you know whatever uh, pants. Well, see, here's the thing. I cross, grew up on Miracle Whip. I grew up on Miracle Whip. I'm a Miracle Whip kid. But now that I'm in the world and I'm making my own decisions as an adult, I prefer mayonnaise. You prefer may- mayo? Because that's real food, man. What is Miracle Whip? It's a miracle that it's a food that you can ingest. <laughs> By the way, so mayonnaise is also not real food. It I, is. It's egg. It's, it's basically just egg. egg. Whipped. It's just quickly yeah. whipped up egg. Yeah, exactly. That's whole food, so, man. That's like a health food. So what do you what do you think Miracle Whip is? I don't know. Let's look that up. Yeah, let's look it up. Let's look up the difference between. Look, so you look it up. Are, do you have your computer open right now? I'm opening mayonnaise right now. This look okay. Well, I'm gonna look up Miracle Whip. Yeah, you look up Miracle Whip. Mayonnaise. I look up marinade mayonnaise. All right, here we go. So, Mayonnaise, which is a gross word. I will give you that. All right. It's a creamy sauce. Yeah, I know that. It's emulsion yeah. of oil, egg yolks, and either vinegar or lime juice. That's it. That's, that, that is as healthy as it gets. Say it one more time, sir. Uh, it's an emul- a stable emulsion of oil, egg yolks, and either vinegar or lemon juice. That's it. That's all mayonnaise is. Okay. Yeah, okay. what's Miracle Whip? I bet you the first ingredient okay. is some, some so chemical I'm, I'm you can't a, even pronounce. Look, I'm on a website called realsimple.com. Realsimple.com. I get okay? that magazine. Do you really? Is that a magazine? <laughs> do. I honestly do. Because <laughs> I get every magazine in the world, basically. <laughs> so, why? So, the two points. They have why Miracle Whip isn't mayo. Yeah. And it says the U.S. Terrible. Food and Drug Administration requires that anything labeled mayonnaise contain Mostly a egg. minimum of 65% vegetable oil by weight. Hmm. And. Through Kraft, though Kraft keeps Miracle Whip's exact oil content a secret, the company confirms that it's too low to meet the male standard. Okay? Okay. And so what makes it different? All right. Here, I can, I'm looking at the ingredient list right now, and it's While disgusting. While it contains mayo's key ingredients, egg, soybean oil, 
vinegar. High fructose Water. corn syrup. Dude. Miracle Whip sets itself apart with a sweet, spicy <laughs> flavor that some folks prefer. First introduced during the Depression when its cheaper <laughs> price made it alluring to people. Oh, so I'm, I'm the fancy man who likes the expensive mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. They, look, look, it says, it says, when people couldn't afford more highfalutin mayo, it's now cost up. Actually, it's now caught up, costing about the same. Yeah, exactly. As the real thing. Yeah, well. So, I don't feel bad. I like. I like. Right. Here's the thing. I'll eat both. But if I have a choice, I'll choose mayonnaise. In a pinch. In a pinch. What do you go for? In a pinch, I'm gonna go for what I what I prefer, which is mayonnaise. I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> oh, I hurt my back. Do you have a mute button? What? That's rude. Do you have a mute? Do you have a mute? <laughs> I do, but I wanted everybody to experience the power of that sneeze. I pre-announced it, so it was okay. That is true. That's and he turned away. That's good etiquette. I turned away. He turned away. And did you do did you do the elbow tuck, nose and oh, elbow? Oh no, I pinched my nose shut, which is a bad habit that I have. My brain's gonna come out my ears. Dude, that's how you, that's how you end up getting yourself strokes, man. Oh, I know. I need to not do that. But I yeah. here's the unless thing. you're listening to the strokes, then you can do it. Then you <laughs> have a stroke while listening to the strokes. I think it's oh, okay. that'd be way too appropriate. Well, here's the thing. I'm such a good sneezer. My let's just put it this way. My sneezes are very productive, and if I'm not prepared, aka if I don't have tissue in my hand <laughs> I, i'm i'm not i'm not to sneeze naturally i have to for the good of everyone around me and my own just hygiene keep it in yeah interesting oh, but not that hurt my back like legitimately <laughs> interesting uh i gotta grab some water i'll be right back okay so i think um i've read somewhere or someone's told me i think i've heard that sometimes you can break a rib if you sneeze I'm not All sure right. if that's true or not. I'm back. So. I don't know what you're talking about. I asked about the fries because right before we started recording, I was eating fries with barbecue sauce and mayo because I had no, I have no ketchup in my apartment. Dipping? Uh, were you? Were you uh, did you mix or did you uh, do a double dip or did you? Have I to had um. So I had separate separate piles that I were was not shy about mixing together. Okay, so it was almost like you were um, like a painter. Yeah, you're like it was a, my palate, uh, my food palate. What's what's my buddy's name? Bob Ross. Uh, Bob Ross. Yeah, where he has a little bit of Van Dyke brown, a little crimson, whatever yep, on the right. Exactly. And sometimes those things will meet in the middle because they love each other, and you're you create happy like little trees, happy little yeah, fry yeah. in my in my belly. That's that's incredible. You're you know what you are, a trendsetter. You are a. Uh, what are the words for that? Um, that's that sounds pretty good. I wanted to call. I had other I had other fry related information or. Uh, questions for you okay um have you ever do you ever put vinegar on fries yeah yeah that's a canadian thing that's, i think i thought it was a, like a Br- europe or a british thing uh Maybe i mean i think yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the, the the british influence is you know exactly those canadians love Canadian. their queen too that and have you ever had poutine that's like curds or something like that or it's that uh fries, so it's chili you got you've curds? got hot fries and you put fresh cheese curds over the top with a brown gravy over the top of all of it. Yeah. Um, I've only had it, it once, but I, I dream about it probably once a month. Do you? I want it so bad. Sh- I should get some, make it, right? You should have make it a once a month thing. I bet you could order some of that on Seamless. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, no, there's no way I can get poutine delivered to my apartment. Sure you can. Yeah, if, sure I can, you can. if I can, this, apartment, or this podcast ends right now while I go sure, eat poutine. Sure you can. Just order it. Is there a way to automate uh, Seamless to like do it like – Just show up every day. On a Wednesday at, at 3 o'clock. <laughs> I hope not. Definitely. I bet you I could probably set something up with like if this, if, then if, that yes, and, like, that, and yeah. Seamless. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. 
That's what it's not, right. If that doesn't exist, someone needs to get uh, Seamless's API and yeah. make it happen. Good news is that I cannot get poutine delivered to my apartment, but there are poutine shops in New York City, I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. So but I'm other restaurants sell poutine. It doesn't have to be a poutine-specific <sighs> shop. I know. I know. But I just feel like it's easy to kind of make bad. I want, I want legit good poutine. Yeah. I'm on a video. I, okay. Websites that auto-start videos are the worst websites in the world. The worst. The, the worst. Worst sound. I don't care if it's video or, yeah. or just audio only. Yeah. The worst. I hate it. The worst. Uh, so did you watch the Apple event yesterday? I did not. What? But you you did. Yeah, of course you know, I did. Um, I, I blocked off the time on my... And I was like, Sam watched it. And then yeah. you were like, yeah, I watched it. I blocked off the time on my calendar like three weeks in advance. Did you? I got comfy. I got comfy with my computer and I kicked back. I think I had a, a beer with it. And I guess I just watched it like a movie. So how long does that event last? It was just over two hours. Okay, that's pretty good. And um, so I, I don't want to. My only opinion of it is what I just listened to when I was listening to ATP, right? The Actual Tech Podcast. I'm not going right. to really comment on it, but what was your opinion of it? Uh, it was better than their WWDC uh, keynote from earlier in the year. That was just a rambling mess. Uh, but it was interesting, um, pretty expected stuff on, so this is a year where it's the, the S level phone where it's a kind of like the half jump up. So it's not a new number. It's the six S some interesting stuff going on there. Nothing too surprising. The iPad pro, however, is, uh, interesting to me. It is interesting. I don't know. I've been thinking about what my next computer might be because I am intrigued by the what Marco calls the MacBook One or just the, the new MacBooks. But I'm also intrigued by this. And I I kind of feel like you go one way or the other with uh, the iPad Pro and the MacBook. And I don't know which way I would go. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder that for a bit. Yeah. I mean I think the MacBook I mean the way that I currently work right now, the MacBook makes more sense because OS 10 just allows you to do more. It's more flexible than iOS for me right now. But there are people out there who can make iOS do some crazy stuff and use it as their primary computer. But also, I wouldn't be able to necessarily record podcasts, I think, with the iPad Pro. Although I bet you there's a convoluted way to do it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I just think I, I, I enjoy watching those events for whatever reason. Um, I think they're entertaining. I think... I think what Apple is doing in the TV space, I was honestly a little bit underwhelmed with it, but I think that's so, the yeah, next what, big yeah, area. So what did they change there? Because I, I was thinking for some reason that they were going to like um, incorporate like Siri voice activation, they, voice they search did. within t- TV. Yeah, they did. And, and so it, it, are they making an actual TV? No, like a, it's, like a, a, it's a box. Display, or is it the box? Okay, The box that they've had already for a while, but they've, they're making it much more... Uh, robust. The hardware is much better. They're going to open up the uh, uh, an SDK for developers to create apps for the TV. Specifically, there'll be a TV app store. Yeah. Um, Siri is very well integrated and a much smarter kind of version of Siri for doing universal search across all the different uh, video services. So you can, you know, say you want to watch a show and it will look across the Netflix app, the Hulu app, the iTunes app, and give you the choice of where you want to watch it. Does it also have a browser? Does it come with like a regular uh, browser? I don't Explorer? know if it comes with a browser. I don't think it comes with a browser. We're not talking about internet TV here, Eric. Yeah. Do you remember it, that? Do you ever had, did you ever ex- like experience that at all? I remember 
people for momentarily like kind of being really excited about it and then just kind of dying. Uh, what do you mean internet TV? There was like, like there was like a uh, like I don't remember what it was called. Well, they have a lot of TVs now that you can like you know plug in. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm talking about like back when the internet was like a relatively new thing, and there, what was it? It was like basically your computer or your TV is a computer, uh, but it never really took off. I don't know what I'm talking about. Don't yeah. worry about me. Um, uh, but uh, you know, though, what I would like because I'm a person. Uh, like when I'm watching like shows that maybe I've seen before, I like to like search for additional information. So like what That's I envision in the future for a weird person like mm-hmm. me is some sort of like Siri type of thing. Let's say a, maybe even a touch screen type of thing, like on a big if it's a big TV, um, where it incorporates like pop ups of information or something like that, almost like that VH1 pop up back in the day. I don't know how what it you could work. do is just have be watching something and then have your computer in your lap or a tablet and be looking things up as you want. They call that the second screen. I mean, I do, I definitely do that. I okay. do that. But I'm saying is I think it also would be cool if it was incorporated. But then it'd the be TV. covering up, be covering up whatever you're watching. Nah, there's a way that they could do it design-wise that oh. make, to make it decent and interesting. You know what I'm saying? Again, I, I don't think I would. I, t- I typically don't do stuff like that if it's like a new thing that I'm watching. Right. But I do get into like, okay, what, this actor was in this. X. What other? What else were they in? You know, mm-hmm. uh, they've been around for a while. I'm curious. I like their work. You know, and things like that. Um, and I think that's you know, in part that's kind of, you know, I guess on the surface. Well, not on service. It's kind of there when you talk about Netflix and you can kind of search for an actor and see where they're in. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about kind of expanding that to maybe pull up like the IBMD or, mm-hmm. or, or, or something like that. Um, I like looking at – I like sometimes if I'm just bored looking at um, sort of, you know, I think even on IMDb or sometimes people just blog about it. But uh, like people that talk about like the uh, incon- – continuity errors oh yeah those are always fun i think that's always fun to like look for stuff like that i think what you're talking about amazon does and it's called x-ray really yeah um i know they do it for books but i think they also are doing it uh for tv and movies actually so amazon owns imdb so i'm just i guess googled amazon x-ray and i think it that is kind of like what it is for I'm just trying to look through it real quick. You can like see who is in it, who, what else they were in. Um, I know, like in the the book version, you can tap on a character and it'll show you like where the character came into the book and like what the relationships are of that character with other characters and things like that. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like stuff like that. Right now, people are like create like show wikis and stuff like that mm-hmm. that. Sort of take this magic, this imaginary world, and break it down into. You know, I, I think all that stuff is really interesting. I don't know why. Oh yeah. Oh man, and, uh, the game of I've read the Game of Thrones wiki. Like I refer to it a lot when I was watching the show. Like it's very in depth and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, um, Game of Thrones. They had me think about something. Um, I, I haven't. Wa- I think I've maybe watched one episode of Game of Thrones. Hmm. I, um, That's I'm not, not enough. Sure. It's not. It's not. So I'm thinking about getting into that. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not really. I like to kind of pick one or two shows to kind of just watch, like either like a comedy or a drama. You know, maybe one of each or so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm really also in the market anything. for a new a new show. Um, but Game of Thrones got me thinking of, um, you know, and also this discussion about like I like to kind of su- you know support at least follow the new things coming out by people I like. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a guy who worked with the Shield and he also did uh, Sons of Anarchy has a new show coming out called The Bastard Executioner. Hmm. And um, I think it's sort of one of these time period sort of shows. 
Um, let's look at Wikipedia and see how they describe it real quick. But uh, said in the early 14th century, a knight in King Edward's uh, one's army is broken by the horrors of war, and Dallas had laid down his weapon. But when violence finds him again, he is forced to pick up the bloodiest sword of all, the executioner's sword. I want to watch this. And um, this looks like, pretty uh, great. Uh, Kurt Sutter, yeah, that's the guy, the creator of it. I mean, I've been impressed by his past work yeah. or, or projects that he's worked on so much. Um, and I've kind of heard him talk about it, sort of his creative approach and stuff like that. So that might be the thing. And that, they seem like they may be too similar enough in terms of their sort of these period pieces. I know Game yeah. of Thrones gets a little bit into mysticism and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and it's, 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 I mean, yeah, it's technically like fantasy, but there's yeah. very little magic early on in the, the show. Yeah, so. So, yeah, this looks good. It looks like it starts next week. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I should focus in on. Neat. Um, <laughs> for anyone who wanted an update on my viewing choices, that was it. <laughs> good. That was it. Uh, somebody can check that off the bingo board. <laughs> the file drawer bingo. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? Anything? We kind of already talked a little bit psychology stuff. Anything interesting, school or psychology or anything else wise for you? Well, for some reason, I found myself watching just uh, clips of John Oliver's the late. Well, last week tonight. Last week tonight, yeah, with John Oliver, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I really like that show. Like, yeah, he's it's good. He's, he's really, really good. good in terms of his delivery. He has really good writers, and if he, you know, sort of has control or creative control over the show for the most part, which I'm sure he does, because it's yeah. His, his, name's, his on name's on it, yeah. Um, really good. Really good. Just really good doing what they do, which is, you know, sort of to be provocative about yep. what's happening. and Provocative, but also, it. like, I always, I mean, it's similar. Colbert was always similar in this, and The Daily Show as well. So it's provocative, but also in many ways very accurate uh, in, in some respects as to, like, what is going on. I think I, my my more conservative friends are probably just pooping exactly. their pants right now. Yeah. That's but, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to kind of uh, avoid the term you know like those type of words because of yeah people but, who side the other way on most points people who are I, wrong about I, things. I think they can still enjoy this. Sh- I mean, maybe yeah. not because it's a funny show. Yeah. you know, and he the comedy of it in, just alone I think is is good. Um, and I think you can also learn stuff from it. Um, even yeah. if you don't side with it, I think you can. For sure. It's good in terms of hearing the other, other perspectives. And so I found myself watching that. And so the shows, I'm going to see if I can look up the ones that I watched because it's actually got me thinking about an idea. I found myself kind of being a little depressed. I was just watching it on um, YouTube. And so I don't know if that's a full show, but I was really just watching his, like, I guess, what would be considered like a monologue, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and. The shows I watched were the ones about chickens, which is you, you can find this on YouTube. <laughs> uh, where um, it was basically uh, involved, uh, uh, it was an expose, I guess that's what the, all these are, um, about chicken farmers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Factory um, farming, man, gross. Yeah. Um, and then fashion, he talked about that as well. Um, and then also he talked about the internet, and. <laughs> It, it, it kind of just left me sad, you know. Okay. I know it's a comedy show, but the realities of the world. And so as org people, you know, I think you – I think if – I don't want to put words in your mouth so you can speak. You can put it. words in my mouth if you want. But uh, we, would, we would share similar views in terms of trying to make work better for oh, people. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and sort of I'm always conflicted with this idea of, you know, anything that we touch 
and that me even trying to brag about we were talking about you know how cheap I got this mic for. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start these discussions about things like that, you know, whether it be food or fashion or even technology, you, re- I think it's important to not. I don't think you should harp on it per se, but it's important to not lose sight of, okay, how are these prices so low? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and sort of, the, sort of in my sort of postmodern world of, of thinking would say that, you know, someone is being exploited probably mm-hmm. at, at, at some, at some place in the sort of pipeline. Um, and someone sort of being dominated by sort of the uh, uh, oppressor. <laughs> Um, sure. That's it. Sure. Um, not to say because there is the other side that you know people always use and say you know these people are getting work that wouldn't have anything, and so I sure. also agree with that too. But sort of this conflict that I have in my head, um, and so I, I don't even know where I want to go with this. Right. Yeah, we'll say, how do you? How do you? What are your like? How do you operate in the world? Yeah. With that, without yeah. letting that like just demolish you. Yeah, and also how do you? How do you uh, try to strive for better? And right. I, and I think. You know, where we are now, obviously, I think I've, I always harp on this. Where we are now doesn't have to be where we are in the future, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Right. And to think, um, I think we need to be, begin to think more creatively, think outside of the box. When people say outside of the box thinking, I think that comes into play when we talk about how do we create good products, affordable products, without totally exploiting someone again with my postmodernist way of thinking i would say i i I don't think there's a possible i don't think there's a way that we can totally eliminate it um i think at some to a certain extent someone is going to be on the short end of the stick i guess sure i don't want to call well maybe we can make the short end of the stick not as short yeah and that's my yeah Yeah. and that's yeah and that's sort of my thought thought of it um, yeah, so, you know, I, I started know. to get into this conversation. I, I don't know if you have an opinion about that. I, I, started, I brought this up to actually say something else. Sure. That was probably more on the humor side, but uh, let me hear your thoughts on it if, if you have any thoughts. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I've also, I also think about that quite a bit, and I also think about it in terms of like the work that I'm doing right now as like an organizational development consultant, org design consultant. Um, it, I realize that the types of clients that I'm working with on the grand scheme of things actually have it pretty good. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not working with companies that are employing, uh, people at, you know, in sweatshops in the third world, uh, making t-shirts or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm working, I'm, I'm working with knowledge workers who, yeah, sure. Maybe the, like the work could definitely be much better, but they are definitely experiencing a higher quality of life than than I would say maybe even the majority of, of the world. So sometimes thinking about like, yeah, is this really where my effort should be placed? But also understanding that, you know, this is kind of where I am right now. And there are people here who can be helped with the, the work that I'm doing. I mean, this may I, I thought about this a lot, actually, when that Amazon article came out a couple of weeks ago about exactly. how. Yeah, we all love how Amazon can ship us anything, uh, you know, in a matter of days and can have, just have it show up at our, at our door. But we don't like to think about what they do to be able to do that and exactly. what it's like to work in an Amazon warehouse or what was surprising to people and why this article I think was so big is what it's like to be a knowledge worker, to be a white collar worker at Amazon as well. And are we willing to pay that price for the convenience of having stuff delivered to us? Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people said that they're going to stop 
using Amazon. They're going to try something else. Um, I think maybe I felt that way a little bit too right after reading that article, but I am currently waiting for something to be delivered from Amazon right now. So like it's, it's, it's hard to weigh that in, in my life and in anyone's life. Yeah. That's my thoughts. You can go, you can go funny now if you want. Oh, well, I was going to, uh, it's got to be thinking about something else, but just <laughs> thinking about my own experiences and I'm trying to think about, you know, why I think the way I think and things like that. And just having, you know, I think I've probably talked about this before, but just having all sorts of different jobs and stuff and, you know, just has me just seeing things differently. You know, I remember I, I worked at a, a sports arena doing changeover. We were part of the changeover crew. That's what they called it. And we were basically Wait, a late night crew. Turning basketball into hockey and hockey into basketball. Yeah. And turning it. That's into awesome. Yeah. That always seemed like magic to me. Yeah, and you know, that's my point. And so a lot of times people just think it's magic. Or, you know, when but they bring, you were out there working your ass off. Yeah, and, uh, when they bring in um, like the monster trucks uh-huh. and they shovel in all that dirt, there are people that bring that in and then get it out. And the next uh, day they're playing basketball on it. What? That's you know? crazy, yeah. And so our, like, our arena was a hockey arena, a basketball arena, arena football, you know, and also yeah. just say – Arena, general general use, monster trucks and all that stuff. And just being a part of that crew, we'd go in there late night. That's where I got um, – that's where I first started really getting into, like, more, like, alternative rock and stuff. They would always have this, this rock station playing. I was in college <laughs> at the time. Wait, so, so going there. what what hockey team played there? Uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, that's Hurricanes. awesome. Yeah. Right. And um, – and I'm obviously latching onto the wrong parts of this. Story. No, no, no. That's good. That's, good. I mean, that's actually kind of what got me into hockey because we yeah. sometimes uh, we get there early and just be there by the glass, gotcha. or you know, underneath or whatever. And, yeah, um, could, could could watch it a bit, but um, I think those type of experiences, like I, I mean, specifically talking about this, I changed the way I viewed at viewed sort of the whole inner workings of what makes that happen. Yeah, you know, it's and then all, part. On top of me being there, you would see the crew late night. As soon as that, as soon as those people get out, they're up there cleaning. Yep. You know, that's yep. why I try not to just leave my trash. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For no reason, you know what I'm saying? Especially if there's trash cans as you're walking out, you know? Yep. Because there's things. It, it, because it's not magic. Yeah. You know, you know, you know well, I mean? I'm the exact same way with uh, leaving my cart in the parking lot because yeah. I worked at Target for a little while and my job was to go get the carts out of the parking lot. And it always sucked. I mean, it made my job so much easier if they were all in the corral like they were supposed to be. Yeah. But when they're just randomly strewn about, it always made me angry. So I try not to be terrible about that now. No, uh, a little empathy, you know? Someone else is – because I, I, that's the thing that bothers me. Like I, I, I have these – I mean, um, what is it? Uh, I'll think of it later. But anyway, so um, I'll kind of go on rants about that and how I just don't get it, especially when people like leave it right by the cart thing. Oh, I hate examples of mindless laziness. Yeah. Like like the the effort to – sometimes you had had to put less effort to actually do what you were supposed to do, and that just boggles my mind. Exactly. And then some people had said – somebody has told me, well, you know, I hear that – you know, and this pro- this is probably partly true, but I just don't know. So I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm torn again. But uh, yeah, people that people that work there, they like to walk around the parking lot because it gives them something to do with their time. Mm. So I don't know what the truth is. It probably maybe maybe they, yeah, maybe not everybody you know, was precisely like me. Maybe there were some days where yeah, it was just nice to just walk around and get them. But when you when you when when I was crushed for time and you just had to get carts into the store as quickly as possible, uh, it was definitely not nice to have to get them from everywhere. Yeah. Another parking lot thing that, you know, in Texas, whatever, <laughs> the first time I've ever seen it, man, 
is uh, people leaving baby diapers in the parking lot. Oh, that's and the worst. I, that's the first time I've ever seen it. Then I have to look it up. And apparently it's a thing enough for people to be like posting about it on bull, like boards oh. and stuff. I'm like, what is – I was kind of we, – last episode we were kind of jesting about like uh, – Disgust for humanity and stuff. You know, you yeah. know obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it with the tongue in cheek. But it, it is things like that. I'm yeah. not saying I'm better than these people at all. I'm, no. I'm all these people are just disgusting. But I'm like, this is so simple a, a thing to not do. Yeah. Like, this is a thing to, a simple thing to not do. And if yeah. you're one well, of the people that does that, I don't care how stinky your car is, don't do it. Because there's usually trash cans yeah. at the front of the stores you can throw that into. Exactly. Don't I don't do- know. What like it must just be in my upbringing or something because that would never even cross my mind as a a thing that I would do because probably to maybe almost an unhealthy amount I am constantly kind of scanning my environment to figure out how I can not be like not be getting in other people's way yeah <laughs> which yeah. is probably not the healthiest thing for me to always be doing but for example so things like this things like when I'm buy when I'm in the line to pay for something at the store. Like I have my card ready to go and I'm not going to be, I'm, I, I can't stand the people who everything. So they stood there for three minutes while the, the cashier rung everything up and put it in bags. And then they act suddenly surprised that they need to get their wallet out to, to hand money or a credit card over. Like yeah. this goes the same every single time. There should be no surprises. You should be ready to go. And this should yeah. be as smooth as possible. Nobody should be waiting for you. It's just, it's just mind boggling to me. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's Eric. Fresh. We need yeah. we need to open an etiquette school, the Sam and Eric yeah. school of etiquette. I don't, I don't know if it's an etiquette thing, but it might be again one of the things that's at least for me brought me into this world of like organizational stuff. You know, yeah. look, always being obsessed with like the process of things. Yeah, yeah like yeah. you know, observing that. Li- so first, you have to observe that line, and then you have to observe behavior within that line, and to have that sort of awareness of oh, what am I doing in that line? You know, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. And so I think that's interesting. But anyway, so um, back to John Oliver. Um, <laughs> the last ep- one of the uh, last episodes. Again, I, I, I don't even I don't even know if I'm watching the full episodes on YouTube or not. They're about 19 minutes long. Okay. But knowing that HBO doesn't have commercials, it's probably not the full episode. But anyway, it's a lot of it, and it's, it's good to watch. But the last thing that I watched was about um, the internet. Mm-hmm. And we're uh, using were- the internet right now. We are. Meta, so meta. Yeah. One of those guys who uses the word meta to talk about everything. Um, and it was about, uh, I can't remember if it was all about this, but uh, part of it was at least about internet trolls. Mm. And just inter- internet the harassment. Worst people ever. Internet trolls. Like, in, it was beyond internet trolls, like harassers. Right. Um, uh, people. Um, uh, people who people, get their jollies by messing with other people on the internet. Yeah, but also, they know there's like no repercussion for doing so. Yeah, and also just abuse. Um, let's say, uh, ex you know this the example that they use, but ex boyfriends breaking mm-hmm. up with their girlfriends and then mm-hmm. posting you know mm-hmm. personal pictures online and all that type of stuff. And yeah, how difficult it is to get stuff down like that. Uh, they also talked about like patent. I think this episode, maybe it was a different episode, but same topic like patent trolls, who just um, basically uh, fall, file lawsuits, kind of fraudulent lawsuits against individuals it makes it so difficult for them to even wait with the goal of making them settle and pay yeah, them off yeah yeah and i'm like man that is so it it almost it made me in terms of like empathy made me feel like helpless for you know for them it's like what do you do yeah. 
you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it got me kind of, it was late night when I was watching this stuff. I'm like, I want to just make a movie called, um, what I, what I, you called it the troll hunters called the troll hunters. Yeah. And so the basic premise, again, late night, I don't even have it over right now. <laughs> I do. I'm looking right what at I, it. What <laughs> Heroes who can digitize themselves and be sent through the internet to kill internet trolls slash harassers. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, like I, I don't know. And so, excuse the violence of it, but I'm talking about I'm talking about the really bad yeah. things that are proven, like almost like there's like a like a, a group of five people, and they're they're part of a unit, and they go to this warehouse and they jack in like Matrix style, uh-huh. and and they go through, and they like are beamed through, like you know the Wi-Fi or uh-huh. do they just come out the monitor or do and they, they come, come out, out more like stealthily? I haven't thought that through. Let's say they come okay. out stealthily. Okay. No, no, no. I want, to, I, want, I want them to come out very gruesome. Like, come out to the monitor like the, the ring or something. Okay. To where it <laughs> scares the hell out of a person while they're doing it. Okay. And maybe, maybe they're brought into the computer. Maybe not. Maybe it happens in the real world. But they, um, they're, they're, they're given... They're, they're, maybe they're not murdered, but maybe... Maybe that sort teach of teach them a feeling. lesson somehow. Yeah, uh, some some empathy but a, lessons. Brutality, like, because it's it's ridiculous. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because normal crimes, I mean, in general, how the way that we hope it works, if 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 the system works perfectly, where there are things sort of the laws are set up to already protect things, that exist. But what about the things where the law, you know, the internet right. and all this stuff is moving so quickly? There aren't any laws to really protect these things. Um, protect people against these things and it's just crazy man it's absolutely crazy and, well, and the other thing is too with the internet uh is that you can you can do things you can do terrible things to people without ever seeing the other person yeah this yeah this is sort of it's the d uh de-individuation sort of mm-hmm. the process of that you sort of s- separating yourself from others that sort of connection right. is well, totally that's lost the, that's the, the, the that was the about the, the glory days of medieval like warfare as well it used to be you had to look someone in the eyes when you killed them now you can just push a button yeah it, you know what um what <laughs> totally wasn't thinking about <laughs> this at all dude but uh it's making me think I, I just was listening to another podcast i like listening to the joe rogan experience and he had a lady on there let me try to bring it up without the audio starting to play um, uh, I'm going to try to look up the lady's name. I've never heard of her. I was just kind of listening to it. Cause the reason why I like this podcast, he has some really interesting people on there. Hey, he likes his comedians on there, which I love, but he also has this really interesting people I've never heard of, um, on the show often. And, uh, this lady's name was, 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 I think, it, I think it was Jane McGonagall. Oh yeah. I know. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she does uh, the the gamification stuff yeah. with, with games and stress and head injuries and yeah, yeah. and so and the, so the majority of the show is about that. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to get into that because you can listen to the episode. Or I think she's on TED Talks and things like yeah, that. Yeah, she gave a very popular TED Talk. Yeah, but it, uh, in general, she suffered from a concussion, and he she introduced some sort of a way of gamificating her game using game gamifying gamifying her life mm-hmm. to help her through that process. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's kind of misleading when people talk about she made a game initially. Right. But I think she, she kind of talks about that. But yeah. it's, kind of, it's more, I think, of I view it as gamifying her life. Exactly. Uh, the process. But anyway, but her research is really into um, studying. I can't remember what she said her, her major, her, her doctor, doctor, doctorate was in. 
but I think she went to school at UCA Berkeley. Is that a school? I think so, yeah. I think. Um, <laughs> Is that a school? <laughs> uh, I'm not familiar with the, uh, you know, the California UCs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, UC system. But um, her, what she studies in general is also just uh, video games and um, how it affects, like, the, almost paired with, like, the neuroscience aspect right. of it. And so one thing that she started talking about was, like, uh, you know, looking at mirror neurons. And yeah. an interesting thing that they are finding, or I guess research is finding, is uh, the differences that occur in the brain when you play these sort of uh, violent games, I guess, with a person, let's say, in the room, and you can visually see them um, versus not visually seeing them. Like, let's say, through Wi-Fi. They're, in, they're elsewhere. Okay. You can't gotcha. visually see them. And she was saying when you're in the same room, it actually there's good things that happen to the brain. So if you're, um, if you're playing like he- a violent game head to head with somebody in the same room with you. Yeah. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, versus, versus like you're sitting in, on your couch and you're playing with somebody across the world. I'm sitting on their couch. Exactly. Okay. And, and she kind of made a joke about, I can't remember exactly. I'm definitely paraphrasing this, but if you want somebody to kind of turn into a psychopath or she used different terms, but a crazy person, let them only do that mm-hmm. <laughs> because it raises like your testosterone levels in a certain way. It, it, it changes up your, your, your brain chemistry in a way because you're kind of just going through this process of you know, killing and all that stuff, but the person is not there. Versus when they're in the room, it's almost just creating the shared experience. Yeah, I wonder... with the person. I, mean, I, I immediately think of moderators such as like, you're, so what if I, you know, you and I know each other really well, so what if I was, if we were playing a game right now, it's like we're not actually sitting in the same room, but what if we were sitting across still talking to each other, you know, through headsets, and we know each other really well, would we still see those responses? You know um, what? They didn't address any sort of... Yeah, I, I, but I figured did, they did But they did address... She did try to address, like, proximity and stuff like that. What, what mm-hmm. if there's a partition? And she goes, mm-hmm. well, you know, she, I don't know if the research is um, really there on that, but she did say it seemed to be when you have a visual... Uh, visual, You have a visual of that person. And so they brought yeah. up... I guess there's a new system called Twitch... Where, oh yeah, no Twitch. Um, where people can watch people play games yep. and why that. And she was like, "Well, maybe that explains why that's so popular. And it doesn't do anything for the person necessarily playing the game per se, but that it creates that shared experience mm-hmm. for a person watching this person play the game. And also, there's something to be said if you've played the game before. Um, again, this sort of mirror neuron. It helps you almost like sort of practice, I guess, in your head by watching someone uh, going through that shared experience as well. And I, I thought that was really fascinating. It also made me also think about. Uh, training and development, and also le- leadership and things like that, and and um, what what is the application there? You know, if right. you could sort of create experiences where a person watch. And she also talked about research where you, when people can watch watch themselves. We know in terms of the the, the, the sports world, visualization. Yeah, or and, and also, but also not even just visualization, but actually watching recordings of your performance. Recordings of yourself. And yeah. so, what if you could then create virtual experiences? Um, of, uh, of n- not novel experiences per se, but in terms of like the general idea of it, um, but create like a virtual avatar of yourself and then watch that on some doing something that might be a novel thing within that experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, yeah, it'd be it's, it's uh, interesting. I think that that's there's always this interesting line to me because I've seen simulations that are just dumb. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. it's very easy to get into the realm of this is just dumb. Like it's not it's not real enough for me to kind of suspend belief and and get beyond the fact that this is just dumb. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes that's where gamification goes, 
Um, yeah, which is yeah, which I'm is not talking about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking beyond that. That's sure, sure, sure. Oh, I, I mean, just thinking to your first point about playing games with people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of my fondest memories of when I was younger involve playing games but with other people in the room with me together. And yeah. so often they were quite violent games, you know, like Goldeneye or something. But it was. I don't. I mean, I don't think those games really did much to make me violent. But it. Yeah. I was playing it with like my, my buddies all together in a room together, and that is a uh, was always something that I really enjoyed. And I, there's probably some, I would imagine, some pro-social behavior yeah. stuff coming out of things like that. But that is also something that we're losing as the internet gets better and multiplayer moves to, um, not proximity. Exactly. That yeah. Exactly. I wonder if we're losing that aspect. Yeah. Of it, so, so come, some things are coming back to my mind. I think she said, you know, it was these sort of visual cues that sort of is what affects our brain chemistry a bit. You know what I'm saying? And also the sort of thinking—it's almost like when you're in the same room or whatever, you're trying to get into that person's head. So you know what I'm saying? There's almost like an empathy that's there, or not empathy, but uh, uh, you're creating a shared experience yeah. because you're trying to figure yeah. out what that person's going to do. Right. You're, you're thinking, you're, and then you start getting on the a, a similar wave, you know. In quotes, a, a shared wavelength, similar mindset, or you mm-hmm. know, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like I said, the internet's getting better now. You don't need to be on the same, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder, and so now that makes me think, how do you recreate that feeling now? I mean, maybe, maybe it's yeah, you're still playing with people from across the world, but there, you're like your your console or your TV has like I guess a general maybe like a fisheye lens on it that's just shooting yeah. your living room, and now you have everybody kind of sitting together in a virtual living room together. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that would help. I think it would have to be clear. Maybe you could see. Yeah, it had to be really high fa- fa- facial features and yeah. things like that. But think about when we're on Skype. You know, I'm yeah. in a little window. You're in a big window. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that. This is me just making it up, but that experience, in terms of at least the way I like to communicate, is better than as we are now, for instance, just uh, audio with video off. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of coaching through Skype, and I've got some clients who, you know, don't have webcams or for whatever reason don't want to do video. And it's always been easier for me to connect with a client when we have video on, when we can both see each other. Uh, I mean, especially in a coaching relationship where a lot of what you're picking up on as a coach is what's not being said or how people look when they're saying, when they're talking about certain things. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, we're not, not breaking new ground here, but there's a lot of information that happens, uh, non-verbally. Yeah. So. It's a fascinating story. I mean, if, if we had video, you would have seen me just rolling my eyes at you for the entire episode. Just, ah. Uh-huh. Uh, Eric, this, uh, this is terrible. Uh, what is what is this guy talking about? Yep. Uh, so it may be a week or so, a week and a half or so before we record again, because I don't think I'll be bringing my mic to California. But I'm getting okay. on a plane tomorrow morning. Cool. And we're gonna get some food together at some point. Cool. Cool. Is that it for today? Any any last words? Any uh, any thoughts for the kids? Um. Wu Tang loves the kids. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think I, that's like a quote I remember seeing somebody, maybe ODB or somebody said that a long time ago. Nice. Wu Tang loves loves the kids. Um, that's I think that's as good a message as any. Uh, I just looked down at my shorts. I've been sweating so much. It looks like I peed my pants. That's that's disgusting. That is disgusting. 
Well, actually, no. Did you or did you not? Did you really pee your pants? Oh, you and, caught me. And you're trying to just uh, change Just trying the to play it off. Yeah. Oh, Sam peed his <laughs> pants. Yep. And he's going to take off his diaper and throw it in the parking lot. 